if you are with someone right as a friend or a relative or a partner would you feel okay if that person can fundamentally change any given day to live you require that which is not born out of influences which is not a product of the human mind everything that is coming from the society uh, is a product of human mind and it just keeps changing if it keeps changing then it will not be able to take you too far the purpose of spirituality is to give you the deepest inner assurance possible the deepest rest and peace possible and that you can get only if you have something that is not man made that is not a product of thought that is not influenced or conditioned hmm? and uh, culture values tradition are not that not at all if you read about your culture or uh, or traditions they are today in no way the same as they were even just 50 years back they have been changing note the word change whereas uh, if you talk of the upanishads they take you to that which is unchangeable the difference must be very clear the difference is very stark culture is all the time changing right in fact you get a new flick a new release and you very well know that in its own little way it changes culture does it not this this uh, auditorium did not exist uh, 100 years back but let's say it did would you be sitting here in in these same clothes so things have changed right look at the kind of food you eat today is it the same as what your grandparents used to eat your language even your values i'm pretty sure uh, a few decades back we uh, we won't have so many female participants here right what are you doing uh, studying engineering or business education uh, what are you doing uh, uh, the values of that time wanted you either to not to be educated at all or be educated only in in housekeeping right so things have changed are you getting it i i <coughs> i'm still to get over this how are people able to relate uh, the upanishads or gita to culture or tradition or values there is just no relationship in fact the the spiritual man the man of vedant the man of wisdom will have very little regards for culture tradition values etc if he has to value he will value just that one that the gita enjoins him to value does krishna teach you to value a thousand things is that the philosophy the message of the gita value a thousand things value what your father told you value the kind of local customs that are practiced in your in your region 
is that what the Upanishads or the Gita are telling you? They are telling you that you must value only the absolute truth and beyond that nothing is to be valued, right? And in this world, if something is to be accorded value, it would be in proportion to the capacity of that thing to take you to the truth, right? If I am, for example, to value this occasion, that value has to be proportionate to the intent and ability of this occasion to give us something higher, right? If this occasion fails to give us something higher, why must we value or respect this occasion? Must you? The value that you are according to this speaker has to be commensurate with the intent and ability of this speaker to give you something that is sublime, huh? that, has, that has a timeless value. If only is this speaker able to do that, does he deserve some value otherwise he should be thrown out of this place. That is the message of the Gita. That is what when Krishna says that you should leave all the dharmas behind and come only to me. What does he mean when he says that all the dharmas are to be left behind? Mamekam Sharanam Braj. What does that mean? That means you know all these responsibilities and things of thought thought and culture and tradition and value and what not and conditioning of a thousand kinds that you have given a place to in your mind, just keep them aside. They do not merit the kind of respect that you give them, value just that one thing that I am teaching you right now. That understanding is everything, right? Blindly following this or that custom does not mean much. In fact, if you if you look at those who have been able to reform the society, they were the ones who were deeply rooted in Vedanta. If you will go to the Indian renaissance of the last two centuries, two and a half centuries, look at the names you come across, Raja Ram Mohan Roy, Debendranath Tagore, D.K. Karve. Who are these people? Where were they coming from? Or Swami Dayanand Saraswati, where were they coming from? Or Swami Vivekanand for that matter? Or Mahatma Gandhi, he too was a social reformer. Or if you want to take the entire spectrum, then obviously you have to include Dr. Ambedkar, Savitri Bhai Phule, Jyotiba Phule. They were coming from their commitment to the truth or were they committed to tradition and values and culture? I am asking you, please tell me. If tradition, values and culture are to be accorded a great place, then, then, then uh, we would never improve, never. So, if people are, are going abroad and then refusing to read wisdom literature, that is when I will be alarmed, that is when I will be alarmed. But if they go abroad and uh, let their language be influenced or their choice of clothing, uh, 
let the jury be still out. Obviously, I will not want somebody to turn a flesh eater just because he has left India and uh, settled abroad. But if you say that you will behave in exactly the same way after settling abroad, you say you must behave and, and wear and speak exactly the same way as you used to do when you were in Kanpur or Nagpur or Indore or Badayu or Hapur or uh, that, uh, that uh, defies common sense. But if your commitment to the truth starts uh, wavering when you go abroad, then that indeed is a cause for concern. If the Gita was, uh, was respectable to you as long as you are in India and once you land abroad, you shun the Gita, then I will be concerned. It is the timeless truth that matters, please understand. Everything else is anyway time dependent, is it not? <laughs> Except the truth, everything is time dependent and that which is time dependent must obviously change with time. Kalchak, only the, the truth is kalatit, akal, samayatit, as you put it. What is the problem in letting the other things change? And if you do not want to let things change, then, then let us behave as we used to do uh, in the last century or in the 16th century or in the 6th century. Even the advocates of culture do not want us to go back to the 6th century. And if you think of it, the 6th and the 7th centuries were probably the, on the last periods in history when India had a totally indigenous culture. right? 8th and 9th century onwards, India started getting influenced uh, from the western contacts. In fact, I should not even say 8th and 9th century. Before the Arabs came, there were the Greeks. And the Greeks came 500, 700 years, a thousand years rather, not thousand, 700 years before the Arabs. And the, then later on the, the Turks came. So, if you want to have a pure culture, you will have to go to not to year 1800, but to 800 and even 800 will not be very pure. And, the, and all those who, who keep uh, talking of culture and Indian values, the maximum that they want to revert to is 1800. My question to them is why 1800, why not 1600, 1200, hmm? why not the year uh, 800 Christ era and why not go back to the culture before Christ. How are you arbitrarily drawing a line and saying that you know we must behave as we used to do in the 18th, 19th and 20th centuries. And even there, you want to behave as per your local custom and tradition. Typically, those who talk too much of the culture, talk of the North Indian culture. 
and they believe that the north indian culture is the culture of the entire country so look at what they are saying they are talking of something very narrow in terms of regionality and also temporality in terms of time they are saying let's go back just 100 years not less than 100 years not more than 100 years and in terms of regionality let's limit ourselves to the hindi belt what about the culture elsewhere if you want to retain culture then you must retain the culture that was found all across the subcontinent and also if you really want to retain the the culture that existed in india in the in the 18th 19th or 20th centuries then a lot that you do today will have to be stopped from where has the trouser arrived from where have the potato chips arrived this was not happening even 200 years back and i keep asking I mean, chips come later first of all comes the potato <laughs> from where has the potato arrived potato is not indigenous neither is the tomato if you want to limit yourself only to the things that belong exclusively to the subcontinent then uh, forget about chips and burgers and pizzas and manchurian uh, balls you will have to give up on tomato and potato as well you use the the kurta for example on all your religious occasions don't you from where has the kurta come is the kurta really indigenous if you talk of things that are exclusively to india india mind you had very little tradition of any upper wear neither for men nor for women because we are a hot country so men used to wear next to nothing when it comes to the upper body and women too used to wear very little that's the indian culture now tell me from where has the ghunghat come but you talk of the ghunghat as indian culture it is not and you know from where the ghunghat is coming you know the tribes belonging to arabia that used to practice parda that was a cultural thing there and when the cultural mixture took place then that thing came to india as well and you started using the ghunghat but today if you locate a woman wearing a sari and practicing the ghunghat you will immediately say oh she is a cultural woman but she is not the problem is that we don't read so we do not know in the name of culture all that we know of is the stuff that we saw in our houses of till a few decades back and we think that is indian culture but that's a a, a, a very illiterate kind of uh, view of indian culture just because your grandfather was doing something how does it become indian culture
you know what is culture that which people practice is culture that which people practice is culture if a foreigner came to india just around let's say 30 years back he would say chewing the 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 beetle the beetle nut with supari and katha and chuna and spitting it out selectively on white walls is indian culture because that's what it, everybody was doing in india especially on the hospital walls that's how hygienic we were now you're not doing that right why are you not doing that why are you defining your culture note the definition of culture culture is an ever changing entity right that which most people start practicing becomes the that which most people start practicing becomes the culture you you guys are little young those who have a few gray hair would remember the menace of pan you remember common buildings common buildings government buildings hospitals everywhere just pan pan and pan how is that not culture please tell me and do you want to retain that or do you rather want to improve please tell me so the great good elements of culture must be retained hmm and how do you know what is good in your culture that which leads to the truth of the upanishads and gita is good that which you are just blindly practicing is bad it's simple is it not it's so straightforward 